Hello and welcome to another edition of the podcast where we look back on the cartoons, movies, TV shows, and whatnot of our youth to see if they're still worth a damn. Or not. Or not, which is far too often the case. I am Sean. And I'm Chris. And this is Childhood Remastered. People have been obsessed with video games since Pawn debuted back in 1972. Since that time, video games have crept into our everyday lives in various ways. Several movies have been produced both about video games, like Mario Brothers, Mortal Kombat, Tomb Raider, and Warcraft, and featuring characters that play video games, like The Wizard and The Last Starfighter. There have also been tons of TV shows featuring video game characters, but that's just it. Most have been about video games, not about what goes on inside of them. One notable, one notable exception is Reboot, but that's a story for another episode. One show in particular, though, asked players and viewers to actually step inside the game and play it for real. That show was Nick Arcade. Nick Arcade was a game show that aired for two seasons on Nickelodeon from January 4th, 1992 through November 6th of 1992 for a total of 84 episodes and there were also three pilot episodes and one unofficial unaired pilot. The show originally aired during weekend afternoons with reruns airing as late as September 28th, 1997. The show was taped at the brand new, at the time, Nickelodeon Studios in Orlando, Florida. What, what do you remember? I remember what... Like, okay, so this... At the time, I was video game obsessed little kid. I had a Nintendo. In 1992, I think Super Nintendo. At the time? Yeah, still a video game <laughs> obsessed little kid. But at, at the time, I think Super Nintendo had just recently been released around this time. It's 1992, somewhere yeah. around there. So I had a Nintendo. I had a Super Nintendo. We were a Nintendo household. Uh, and... And I remember watching this show on the weekends. I mean, it was it was a game show that I was very interested in because, like we were talking about in the intro, you have movies about video game characters. You have movies about video games or stuff that, uh, you know, movies that have to do with video games. But you wanted to, like, be in the game. You wanted to be those heroes. It's, you know, it's... It's like this self-insertion, and that's what this that's what this show offered. Is like you get to actually step inside the video game. And to me, it to like you know, in 1992, we were nine. To to like nine-year-old Sean, this game or this this show was just amazing. Yeah, and for me, it was. I was less about the living in the video game so much as I like the idea of. Wait a second, we get to compete at playing video games, and we win prizes. Because part of the show was also playing games from an arcade cabinet. Mm -hmm. And, you know... Like real games. Like real games. And, you know, I was one of those kids who didn't always have a whole lot of money to, th to throw around at an arcade. And my parents aren't, weren't generally willing to give me a lot of money to go throw money around at an arcade. Yeah. So I saw them getting to play arcade games for free. That in and of itself was wish fulfillment for me. Yeah. Now, the show, the show was a whole lot of. I mean, like most 
like most uh, Nickelodeon game shows, I think it was aimed or the contestants were around that middle school age, you know, 11 to 13 or 14. They had some contestants that I, I think were probably in the high school age too. Yeah. I definitely saw a, a couple of games where I was like, are you sure that's not like an adult playing? Uh, <laughs> yeah. They but, interviewed some kid he, what he want, and asked him what he wanted to be and he said he wanted to be an engineer. I was like... That's not an answer that a junior high kid gives. Well, like maybe he maybe he meant like a train engineer. Like, no, 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 no. He wanted to be an electrical engineer. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I was like, okay, this kid's like in high school for sure. Yeah. yeah. And before we actually get into the show, I want to I want to at least touch on a show that I think is like the spiritual predecessor of this show, and that is the show Starcade. And that show debuted back in like eighty two, so it was it was eighty two or eighty three, so it was a full decade before this show but the concepts were very very similar uh not not so much the end when they go into the video game but the concept of the of the show starcade is one where two contestants competed against each other in actual like arcade games from the from the time these were these were early 80s arcade systems and they would compete against each other in terms of points and they would play the game and get like a certain score and then they would take those points and they would be added to their score and whoever won at the end of the game at the end of like three rounds had the highest score based on the points they accumulated throughout the game they would get whatever the 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 prized arcade cabinet was for the end of the for the end of the uh, uh the episode they would tell people at the beginning like today we're playing for donkey kong jr or, or tron or dragon lair or yeah whatever yeah and it was i watched a couple episodes of the show and it was it was a little cringy i mean it's it's something from the early 80s so you i mean at a time when they had no grasp on the like cultural and historical significance of video games yeah i mean it was it was interesting to watch a couple of the episodes because you have you could tell they were trying to figure out what to do with this show because they they had like the camera over the guy's shoulder and they were playing the game and you could tell that some of them like the the nerve the nerves of being on TV were getting to them because they were just dying left and right in the game and well and to be like, fair some of those early games were hard yeah. like Dragon's Lair is not an easy game. That game was hard. Yeah, there was actually an episode, a special episode where that was the only game they played. Yeah. And, yeah. they, and then they they uh, they won. Whoever won got a dragons uh, dragons lair arcade cabinet. But what I thought was funny is is the difference between that show and this show. I mean, there's there's like there's like structural differences in the show. But I think the main difference was that in Starcade, the contestants were there was no age limit on the contestants. So you had some people that were like teenagers. You had some people that were like in their twenties, some people that were in their thirties, some people that were in their forties. You know, it's like, Oh, what, like, like, what are your interests? Like, well, architecture and, uh, my stamp collection and also video games. I really like playing video games. It's like this 45 year old guy who's, you know, going to play defender or joust or something. And it's like, like the, the, which is awesome. Yeah, no, but... it's, it's cool, but it shows the difference. I think in the, uh, in the culture of who played video games, like in the early eighties, everyone played. Well, adults all ages. Played, yeah. yeah, adults played, kids played, teenagers yeah. played. But and then by this... the time you got to the nineties, when we, you know, the late eighties, early nineties, when we were growing up, video games were for kids. Video games were only for kids, and it stayed that way probably. I would say until the early until uh, probably 2000s. Xbox. Yeah, like when Halo came out, yep. and and people started having Halo tournaments. And uh, StarCraft tournaments and yep. things like that. I mean, you started to see this this demographic change late 90s, early 2000s. And then you had games like World of Warcraft came out, which is definitely 
uh, a game that I guess is easily accessible for kids, but you definitely weren't letting your kid play because they were playing with a bunch of adults who were swearing and all this other stuff. And yeah, or you're so, playing you're playing StarCraft and everyone's speaking in Korean. And well, yeah, exactly, and not <laughs> sleeping. And yeah, exactly, dying, so, dying in the internet cafe I, from I, exhaustion. I had I wasn't really that familiar with Starcade, but you know, going back and looking it up, I definitely do remember it. But I think it was something that got played in reruns. On, I like, think they Nick played. At Night or they something. played it. I think on G four. Something, yeah, they, something like, like that. They, when, like, I knew I'd seen it somewhere, but I couldn't remember where I'd seen it. But Yeah, it was, but, at the time, though, looking at, the looking at like, the stage, it was so cool to see all those arcade cabinets. They always yeah. did some super corny thing at the beginning, with, like, the announcer would talk about, the like, the, the cabinets that they're going to play today, and the one that you can win, and it's like, we got our contestants here, you know, brushing up on their skills. They would show two people, like, playing games in the background. Well, and this one, the, the format for the prizes for Nick Arcade are more in line with Double Dare. Yes. And and with some of the other two shows that we're going to be talking about the next couple of weeks. And that makes sense because yeah. they're Nickelodeon game shows. Because they're Nickelodeon show. game shows, and so the prizes fit. Like, the one of the episodes that I watched, I, I think I watched four or five episodes, as well as a supercut showing all of the different, like, video challenges. Yeah. Showed every single one. And that one's up on YouTube, but I put a link at the bottom of our notes... Uh, to an episode where the kids actually complete the the game and they actually won, which is we're going to get into is kind of a big deal. So now, let's talk about Nick Arcade then. Let's 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 right. jump right in. So it's created by James Bathia, who is a writer and producer, and he has two acting cameos in the first two Iron Man films. Hmm. Get into that in a minute. He is the former head of current programming at UPN and he's actually only one of a handful of African Americans to ever head a programming department for a network. He oversaw shows like Moesha and Clueless, Dilbert and Star Trek Voyager. And he started as a cast member for Nickelodeon, like way back. Like in the seventies, probably it was Starcade. Oh yeah. Interesting. So he co-created and produced this show with his high school friend, Kareem Matif, who is the other person that, uh, uh, made the show with him, and the two of them are high school classmates of John Favreau, the director of the director of Iron Man, who is also a uh, happy in yeah. Iron Man films as well. So if you've seen those movies, that's who that is. And they went to high school with him; they're uh, high school friends. So that's how they got into it. Um, a, a little bit of trivia: according to an interview with the co-creator uh, Kareem Matif. Bathia actually kept one of the gaming cabinets from the set and used it in his home as an entertainment center for several years. Interesting. It's probably the big giant one. Yeah. So there's different. So in this show, what happens is the the contestants stand behind their own little kiosk, if you will. Mm-hmm. And they, they their, answer their questions booth. like on Double Dare and they have their buzzers. Yeah. And their buzzers, and, by the way, is a computer joystick that I absolutely had for my IBM computer. My IBM, like, I don't even know what it was. And, and they, the kids can press the buttons accidentally because I watched an episode where this derpy kid kept hitting the button accidentally. It's actually yeah. in the episode that I linked. Yeah. That, and that particular, that particular joystick has like a has a has a imagine like, on the top. It, it's ima- imagine a a larger sized Atari joystick where it has a button on the side and a button on the top. Actually, yes. no, Atari didn't have a button on the top. No, no, it's just it on was the a side button now. on the side. But this one also has a button on the right, top. Right, right. The joystick. Well, and so what would happen? The sort of the the way that the show would play out. You would have the two teams who would uh, play this 
this game where there's a little character on a grid and they would move the character across the grid to try and get him to the home. Mm -hmm. And there's a a hidden square somewhere that there's a uh, bunch of hidden squares. Like each, each square did something different, but there's a, there's a hidden square. There's usually two to three of them. That is an enemy that would then pass the turn to your opponent. Yeah. Lose a turn. But there are other hidden squares with video challenges and game challenges and other things. Prizes. Prizes. Right. And so they were competing, uh, playing question, uh, sort of like question answering, like on Double Dare. Yeah, it's actually and a very similar format. It is to very Double similar Dare. to Double Dare, but, but, but a were... lot more rules. Yeah, and I feel like that's part of its downfall, and I'll get into that. Yeah, pretty soon too. Take Double Dare and replace the physical challenges with video game challenges, because that's essentially what they and did. Videos where they have to answer things, and when they would do the video game challenges, it was usually a bunch of arcade cabinets. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it was Nintendo and Atari and yeah, other stuff. Yeah, Turbo Graphics sixteen. Yeah, so those were the cabinet. That cabinet is the one that 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 he got to keep. Okay. And I put a link in here to that interview with Kareem. Okay. So if you want to check that out, you can. I, I intentionally left the writer, producer, and director stuff empty because a lot of them floated around. They'd only do one episode here and, and there. It's, and it's a quiz show. It's it's The writing right. is going to be the questions, which, like we were talking about for Double Dare, the questions are fairly simple, level, you know, right. the stuff that you would... Or the dialogue for the host. So yeah, The dialogue for the host. We'll get into that yeah. too. So the music for the show is composed by Dan Vitko. He worked on Clarissa Explains It All and some Sesame Street Elmo projects. Mark Schultz, who's a senior sound designer and post-production audio for Blues Clues, audio engineer for Eureka's Castle, sound effects editor for Legends of the Hidden Temple, which is a show we're going to be covering pretty soon, senior sound design for Clarissa Explains It All, supervising sound editor for Guts, and he worked on sound for Double Dare. If you notice that there is a theme here that these are all Nickelodeon shows, it's because Nickelodeon started to do what Disney did, which is keep everybody in-house. The one... Two exceptions to that are James Bathia, who technically came from other stuff, uh, but he's also a creator, and Dean Friedman, who is known as a one-hit wonder. He wrote and performed the song Ariel from 1977. The cast of the show, there's two, really, uh, if you want to talk about them. There's the host, who is Phil Moore. Uh, He was... uh, before he got into entertainment in uh, 1986, he was a computer technician in Orlando. Uh, he quit this to become a stand-up comic, which took him to being the off-screen warm-up entertainer for MTV's Remote Control, which then got him a job hosting the show because Nickelodeon, I think Nickelodeon and MTV are both owned by Viacom, aren't they? I think they're now, but at one point it was Universal. Well, I think. here's the thing is, is in some of the video challenges, they use MTV hosts and and uh, they would use videos uh, yeah music videos from MTV. music videos or people from like mtv news or or something like that so they, they have to be related in some way uh he hosted the short-lived series called you're on and was a regular on the uh, nickelodeon game show figure it out i remember him on figure it out actually yeah he was also in the first episode of all that uh, he was in the John Singleton film Rosewood, and had which a- is a critically acclaimed film, uh, but it didn't get a whole lot of publicity. So if you haven't heard of it, that's it's okay. And he also appeared as himself on Robot Chicken, and later went on to write and produce shows for E and BET, G4, HDTV, and the Style Network. Uh, there was one other person technically in the cast that was Andrea Lively, who was the announcer. She would do the intro to the show and then like maybe talk about the the uh, the prizes that they were going to win. Now I put in her IMDb very quickly because it's short and it seems very weird. 
She was the TV hostess number two in the 1998 Eddie Murphy film, Holy Man, which, holy God, that movie is awful. <laughs> and Mrs. Watson on the TV series Superboy in 1991. And I remember there's nothing a, about There's it. a show that I've never even heard of. That must have been short-lived. <laughs> I think it was one season. So, yeah, no, that's, it's okay. So, before we get into the, you know, some trivia and bits, let's let's talk about the show. So, in much the same in much the same vein as Double Dare, the show would start out with a video challenge. The show would start out with two, uh, you know, a contestant from each of the sides that would come to this custom arcade, custom game that I forget who developed it. Someone on the team developed it. They actually developed their own games. They were fairly simple, point and shoot games, yeah. or it would be it would be like point and shoot, or it would be like some modified version of Pong or some version of a game where they were like trying to avoid obstacles. Yeah. And there was like, there was like different versions of the same game. So there'd be like two different kinds of Pong games and two different kinds of point and shoot games. And whoever got the highest score would get like 10 points and get control of the board. Can I just say that the people that play these were generally awful. They were terrible. They were terrible. And what was funny is, uh, so, well, the Pong ones, they're always so bad. I'm well, like, also the Pong ones, man, that thing goes fast. It's just like, bomb, 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 bomb. It's just bouncing back and forth. But as you're watching it, like, you could tell where it's going to go. Like, how do you miss that many times? Yeah. You know? Yeah, it was it, it was frustrating. But it's it's always it's always frustrating, I think, watching someone play a game who's not that good. Which is part I think of, it's just frustrating watching little kids play video games. Yeah. That's which, what it is. Which is. Which is part of the problem that I was having with Starcade. And... You know, when I was watching that, it was like, oh, you're watching these people just die over and over and over again on like these on these certain parts. And you're like, oh, God, stop playing. And it, yeah. so they would do that intro, essentially like a video challenge. And then it would turn into a uh, double dare type game. Well, actually, it wasn't even like trivia. So like you were talking about that that board game that they would play. It was Mikey. Mikey was their ca custom character that the that the Nick Arcade people made. And he would walk around like a board game, and you they direct like him. where's Mikey going to this week? And yeah. then it would be like Mikey this week is underwater in the the abandoned sunken pirate ship yeah. looking for treasure. But watch out because the hammerhead shark is on the prowl. Yeah, I think and I think for the pirate ship it was like chalkboard the pirate or something or. Or well, they, it, it was like they only had five or six different maps. Yeah, and they would just reuse them, but they would have. Um, different like weird little enemies that they would keep yeah. using. So like so they, they would just rotate. Yeah. So they'd walk around the board, and you, like Chris said, you would get there was like two or three spaces on the board where it was an enemy, where it was an automatic lose a turn. It would go to the the other team. Then there were spots where there'd be a pop quiz. There were spots where it was a video challenge where they'd have to like look at a video. And there's a couple different ones. They were actually kind of. They were kind of fun, but I I I noticed that it seemed like everybody was waiting until the like. What you would end up having is like a video was all scrambled and it would slowly unscramble. Like if you were watching, like if you were watching the Spice Channel, you know, back in the nineties, yeah. it'd be all like scrambled. It's like you wait to see like a real face. Yeah, and eventually it would unscramble, and you'd see, and you'd have to say it. It would be fast because you wouldn't see much yeah. for very long. But. And you would have to. It'd be like a music video, so you'd have to say who the artist was. And what was crazy? I was watching one where this this like twelve year old girl. She buzzed in. And she's like color me bad and i was like it, like a whole rush of memories came back and i was like holy shit color me bad was a i watched band. that one too yeah it was a band i was dying but like it was i want to sex you up 
I want to sex you up. Oh, God. Terrible. So <laughs> so they would do that. We sometimes, can do it until we drown, Sean. Uh, <laughs> sometimes there would be pop quizzes where it's literally just a question and it goes up to both both teams. Yeah. And then at the end of each round, there was a question. So the thing was, if you got Mikey to... And the, sometimes you would get to a, a game challenge. And oh, the game challenge. That was, yeah, the, the other so one. So then if you ended up in a game challenge... Like, it would be Ataris or Nintendos or whatever. And so they would have a bunch of these set up. It's and like you, six or eight of them. Yeah, so it would be the consoles or it would be a bunch of arcade cabinets in a row. They were all arcade cabinets, but some of them were connected to, like, Nintendo games. Or it was just, like, the TV, and then they, they had the controller But they did have... A, there is another one with, with that had a bunch of them set up to... To like a big cabinet. Oh, okay, too. okay. But, but... Because I watched a bunch of these. So there's... You had all these, like, different options... And so you'd have, say, I don't know, Dig Dug at one. And then the next one was, uh, I don't know. Conks or Bonks Adventure. 1942, the the pilot game, the, the yeah, World pilot War II wing, pilot game. Something like that. Or whatever. So you'd have, like, all these different games, like, in a row. And so you'd say, okay, I'm going to play Shinobi. And so you'd play Shinobi, and they'd say, you have to get X amount of points within level one. Or, like, in, uh, in within 30, 30 seconds. seconds. Yeah. And so they go, okay. That's the and so expert they, challenge. Yeah, so that's the expert challenge. And so they had to get these uh, X amount of points within 30 seconds. And then if they failed, they're, that means they're embarrassingly bad. Like, embarrassingly bad. You know what, though? You know what, though? I The, the couple that I watched, that, and I think I text you about this, where... It seemed like the point value that they were that they were uh, having them get or trying to get them to get to seemed crazy high. Like there were some of them that was just like, okay, they played badly. Like I watched one girl play Sonic the Hedgehog and she had to get like 45 rings in 30 seconds. And she would have got it if she hadn't gotten hit like right at the end. Yeah. And there was other ones where it's like you have to get... You have to get like uh, uh, forty eight hundred points in level one in thirty seconds, and like, like each most of the ones that I saw were like that, but but I felt like they were like really easy. I, yeah, I don't. And like, I don't know. if you missed it, like I the so the last episode that I watched, the one where the kid actually the, the team actually won, because I watched a bunch of them and nobody won, and then I was like, okay, I want to see one where they win. So I like kept looking and fast forwarding to the end to see like if I can find one where somebody won. So I did. I found one. I was like, okay, I'm going to watch a whole thing. So the on that one, the team that didn't make it through had this game that they played, which I want to say is uh, Bonk's Island Adventure or Bonk's something. Bonk's Adventure. That was for TurboGrafx-16. Or maybe, no, it was uh, it was another one that I think I saw. But but whatever. And so they played, They this kid played this game and he died like four times in a row. And it's like some super easy side-scrolling uh, action platformer and he was terrible at it and I felt like the points that they needed you to get to you could pretty easily do that as long as you weren't a derpy idiot you could do it within the 30 seconds but if you kept dying like there's no way yeah one of the one of the things that that I was thinking of is as I was you know being someone that played video games still plays video games usually what they do aside from like aside from Sonic obviously is they would give you a point total to get to and normally when you're playing video games, you're not thinking about the points. Not unless you're trying to get like an extra life or a continue or something. And it's based on like you get a hundred thousand points, you get an extra life, but like you're playing a game 
And the points, like, do you think about the points you get in, like, Mario when you're playing Mario? Like, you don't think about that, right? You're just trying to get to the end of the level. So when they give them a point total to get to, it's like, oh, I actually have to kill every enemy. And I have to, like, not get hit. And I have to get all these other, like, bonus things that drop to get to that. You get all the coins and all that stuff. Yeah, get all the coins, get all the the, the collectibles, kill all the enemies. And that's the only way that you're going to get to that point total. It's like you have to go through the, you have to go through and do, like, a, a... an annihilation run on whatever game you're playing. Don't miss any. Uh, don't miss any enemies. Yeah, I think that's not normally how you play. Yeah, games. Yeah, I mean, that's not normally how you play games, and I think that that's that's a kind of an interesting point to bring up because it sort of illustrates the disconnect between the audience who was actually consuming that medium, the the people and, playing video games, and then the people who are writing the show who most likely never played them. Yeah. So, like in Starcade, when they played games. They would just take whatever their point total was in that game after they played it, and that became their point total. Well, but see, that back then, it was all about point totals. It wasn't about, yeah. you know, getting to the end of the game. The, the games were structured differently in the, in the early 80s. Yeah, they were. By the time you got to the 90s, it, nobody gave a shit about they were, points. They were more adventure-type games. Right. There was a, That was the thing. It was like a lot of RPGs. And a lot of action platformers and adventure games. Platformers yeah, like, were huge in yeah, the early 90s. Yeah, I mean, you, you had, and the side-scrolling beat-em-ups. And so the whole idea was, like, to get to the end of the game. To beat the game. Yeah, not, you know? get, not get the top. It, when you play what, Ninja Gaiden, the whole point is not to get X amount of points. Yeah, think about, think about back, I mean, those of you who are old enough to remember arcades, like, there's still some out there. But when they were fairly prominent, you wanted to get your name in that top ten. And that was based on points. You wanted to put your initials. You wanted to be the number one player right. on Pac-Man or the number one player on on Joust or Defender or whatever. What was that shooter? I think it was called Area 51. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. yeah. Area 51. There was a bunch of those. There was Area 51. There was like Maximum Carnage or something. No, that, no that was a Spider-Man one. No, no, no. There was no. one that was something like Maximum Do you maximum remember damage. the one that was is terrible, but it was a shooter... Uh, with Aerosmith. Yes, I do. And your character, you had a gun that shot CDs. That was the, that was like the missile. You could shoot normal gun, and then you press the button on the side, and it would shoot. It was records. You would shoot the records. It out. was terrible. Yeah, it was. It I was, played a lot of that game. I do don't remember, even care. Do you remember there was a? Uh, I don't know if you do. This was at. I want to say it was at Disney World. Disney I never World. went to Disney. Okay, World. Okay, so at Disney World, Disney World in uh, in uh, Florida, there was a. There, I want to say it was at MGM. There was an Aerosmith roller coaster that played like Aerosmith music throughout the thing. Oh, and, I remember hearing about that. Yeah. It, anyway, yeah. So, anyway, back to Nick Arcade. The point totals. That's why I thought that the point totals were were hard to reach because in every episode that I watched, nobody ever won the video challenge. Oh, see, the one that I I watched a bunch of them, and people want a like almost all of them. Maybe maybe it's because maybe I watched like the first couple. Like the first couple in sequence, and maybe they eventually like lowered the the scores down a little. I mean, bit. it could have been. I, I think maybe they just set like weird arbitrary point totals. Yeah. What was funny is watching the kids. It's usually the guys, the, the boys, who they're like, "Oh, who's going to be playing?" Because it wasn't like something where they had to switch off. They would just say, "Who's playing?" And usually, in all the ones that I saw, it was a boy and girl team. It was always boy and girl, boy girl, boy girl. So yeah, I, and I think later, if say. 
you had the boy-girl team go up and they go, who's going to go? And the boy's like, I'm going to go. And then the next time that they came out, he wouldn't be the one to play again. They would make them switch. Yeah, but They it's... seemed to intentionally make sure that both the guy and the girl got to play equally. Yeah, in the beginning, the first couple episodes that I watched, because I watched a handful, but it was like in sequence. I like episode one, two, three, four, whatever. Yeah. In, in the beginning, they just basically let whoever who's gonna play oh okay you're gonna play and i always liked watching the the boys be like yeah i'm gonna play i, I i'm fucking ro- i'm gonna own this game and then they go it. up there and they just get destroyed by the game and, we'll, and then the girls would come up and they'd actually win sometimes and you're like haha well the the whole point of it is that whoever wasn't playing would be given like i forget what it was called it was like a magic eraser. they were given board. like a whiteboard and what they could do is they could bet it was like if, a double if jeopardy. They, if they had, say, 50 points on the board, they could bet however many of those points that they wanted on their teammate. And if their teammate won the challenge, they would get that amount of points back. And if they didn't, they lost them. So usually the smart ones were the ones that would bet, like, small percentages. 25 points. I or... saw one where the, it was in the second round and, and a team had, like, 120 points. And this guy, like the girls go, she goes to play and he's like, better. He like bets all the points and then they lose. I was, I was thinking she must have been, because they were ahead too. They were winning. I wanted to see one where someone bets like a really random number. Like I saw one where the girl bet five points and he thought it was 25 points. So he was like, oh, 25 points. And then she was like, no, no. And she showed him the board. And he's like, oh, five points. Sorry about that. Five. I guess he was like just used to seeing 25 points. I want to see someone bet like three. Seven. Four and a half. Because the points <laughs> the points went in uh I think in in sequences of ten. So you wouldn't see like twenty-five points. You'd it would start with like ten and then fifty or whatever. Right. Maybe it was twenty-five, but you wouldn't see like any number that wasn't a five or a zero at the end. I want to just see that. Well, yeah. I mean and, and if anything, that might be a strategic thing to do because then even if you tie, you would technically still win because you would have two points more. So if you ended up with 47 points on the board, no matter how many points that you won, you'd always be slightly ahead. I mean, it's a dick thing to do, but you could do yeah. it. I, I I think, like, what was interesting was that they would always... It was always a boy and a girl matched up against each other. It was never boy, boy, girl, girl. Yeah, no when battle would do the, the open. Yeah, it was never battle all the sexes. It was always... Boy versus well, it was it was a, like battle of the sexes, not battle between. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I always thought it might be it might have been better if it was the two boys versus the two boys, the two girls versus the two girls. And I get maybe why they chose not to do it that way, but at the same time, I also felt like it might not have been the most fair thing to do. Yeah. And this is not to get into like down to down the like sexist rabbit hole, but girls were not encouraged to play video games like boys were it was considered to be a boy or male dominated hobby slash activity and which, so which is crazy because like if you it's think, totally crazy well if you think about arcades from like the 80s everybody played right everybody but by the played. time you got to the early 90s it was just assumed that girls played with dolls and boys played with sports and video games. And that was even before video games got like hyper violent and hyper aggressive. Right. It and was the craziest thing now is, is, is there are more women playing video games today than boys. 
That's like crazy. there are more girls today playing video games than boys. I mean, it's not crazy. It's just it's now just... they play different kinds of games. So the kinds of games that are more popular versus one or another casuals. are different. Casuals. But... No, I'm kidding. No, but <laughs> you know, well, casual gaming in general has kind of become the big buzzword the last ten to fifteen years. I and mean, and I think we're actually we talked about this. Um, Kathy plays. Kathy plays. Uh, usually, I was going to say. I think we talked about this with Kathy. As as I'm as I sit and play Zelda on my Switch, she's on her computer playing Stardew Valley. Right, and she she loves that. And before that, she was playing um, Animal Crossing, the the one for the phone. Like Animal Crossing is not a casual game, by no. the way. That is that is a deep so, dive. And she's the one who plays lots of WoW. She does, and, and she you is, don't. She so, is foaming at the bit for the new one. Yeah, the oh BFA God, frothing at the yeah. bit, whatever. Oh, she is so ready for that. You to know come me, out. I, I can't. She I, she said that she said that once that comes out, she's like, don't plan. It's anything. out. Oh, well, it came maybe, out. Maybe yeah. she's waiting to. Well, I don't you know, because I'm I'm playing uh, classic WoW, and I'm bunch mm. of private servers and i know i'm a i'm a i'm a pirate player yeah. but whatever i feel like an old curmudgeon because i see all this new stuff and i don't understand i don't like it, it. i don't like it i want it when no, things sir. are simple no sir i don't like it so back to the show after two rounds of that they do the right. same thing for two rounds it's just the points the points double in round two now the the, the last part like whoever wins that's when it gets really interesting yeah, so whoever wins round two and has the highest points in round two they go on to the the final stage, the bonus round. It's not really a bonus round. It's the final stage. And that final stage involves the greatest fantasy that any video game player, modern, I would say, probably has. Is that to actually go into the video game and play it. Play, you are the video game. Well, that's what it looked like from the Observer. Well, and we'll talk about the behind yeah, the scenes in a minute. Yeah, that's, that's the whole idea is that they would go into the video zone and then they would actually play the game. And they were fairly simple games. They had to collect stuff. And then at the end, they had to collect like orbs to defeat the the, right. the, 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 the boss. So it was all done in, in front of a blue screen. And so it would be like stairs and a rail, like in a blue screen. They'd be flooring with the blue screen. And so there's cameras above them or cameras like at them. And so they were... Doing things like throwing snowballs, or they were trying to cross a river, or they were... Riding on a magic carpet. Right, riding a magic carpet was a big one. And then they get to the end, and they were trying to dodge things. Oh, there's one with, like, a schoolhouse where, like, they have to open the lockers. Yeah. And so oh, it was, it was a food fight. That's what it was. Yeah, it was a food fight. And so there... Yeah, so there's all these, like, different ones. But they would then try to get to the last challenge, which was... Defeating the end boss. Which was like a wizard, some fire chick, or this guy named Mondo. Mongo. Mongo. Yeah. Uh, which always makes me think of Blazing Saddles. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because the guy kind of looks He like does a little bit. A Mon- little bit, yeah. Except he's wearing like armor. Yeah, he's like big and slow. Um, <laughs> but but like that's what, rem- oh, that's what it reminded me of. And, and so like they'd have to get to the last one and then get the three orbs and then, and and then would they would win. And that would defeat them. And so if they died if they got hit too many times by different objects in the video game then the level would end and they'd have to restart it and there were start buttons all over and, and so they'd, they'd actually have, to, have to run and hit it with their hand right so but let's talk about the behind the scenes well because you showed this to yeah, me today so, so as an observer as a watcher of the show as a viewer you're watching them on a screen because they go through this big door that has like that has like a smoke machine. It looks like they're being digitized and put into the video game. So as you, a kid, I had no idea yeah, how exactly. they did it. I so was they, like, this is some goddamn magic right yeah. here. So I don't they, know what this is. They go in through these doors. And then as a viewer, you're watching them on a screen that they're showing like all the stuff that they're doing. Uh, there's a behind the scenes video. If you search on YouTube, it's for search for Nick arcade behind the scenes. And it's actually one of the episodes. I, you know, what? I'm going to put it into the 
bottom of our show uh, notes. Okay. So if you go to our notes, it'll be there. You, so, you'll, you'll get it. So the the uh, it was actually one of the episodes that I watched. Uh, it had the contestants. They did not win. But it showed what they were doing behind the scenes. And like Chris said, it was a completely blue painted... Uh, the the uh, the one that they were doing was one where they had to collect art in like a haunted house. So it was a completely blue paint, blue painted set where she had to run around and like collect statues by swatting at them. She had to run upstairs because there was like six windows, three on the top and three on the bottom. And she had to dodge stuff. And then the second round was uh, the kid throwing snowballs at elves that were throwing snowballs back at him. So you see him and he's just on a giant blue giant blue uh, mat, uh, mat yeah. with an igloo next to him. And the igloo has the snowballs in it. So he can pull a bag of snowballs, literally like a, 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 a paper. Perlap sack. It was like a, per, yeah, or it was like a, a paper grocery bag full of yellow or full of uh, uh, white balls that he was throwing. And on the, sh- like someone who is a little bit older and a little bit more knowledgeable about TV will understand. Oh, I get it. Just based on their movements and based on what they're doing. And how, like, as a kid, you're thinking like, oh, you know, why can't they, why can't they just grab it? Why can't they just, like, it's right there. How do they not see that thing coming for them? But like someone who's a little bit older, who knows something about like maybe TV weatherman or whatever, knows that, okay, they're probably looking somewhere that shows them what's going on around them. And then they're like reacting late because they're like, oh, shoot, something's coming. I got a duck. Well, and the screen that they're looking at is like a, it's like a 32 inch screen that they're looking at. Yeah. But they're looking at it from like 20 feet away. Or more. 30 feet away. Yeah. It's like, a, it's, yeah, it's like a, It's like on one of those carts that would get wheeled out when you're a kid getting yeah, ready for in a... Your, in your classroom. On a rainy day yes. or something. Yeah. So, so they're, if you, if you watch them, usually the ones where they're facing a certain direction, that's where the TV is pointed. But then there's other ones where they're like running sideways around something and they actually have to like look and see. And you'll see in some of the, you'll see in some of the, the, the like final... The, the, the final rounds where they're like looking to the right and they're like swinging over their head well, to try and like... it's crazy because they have multiple blue screens set up. Uh-huh. And so they would go from one and then go to the next and then go to the next. And so they had this TV on this big stand on wheels and they would wheel it along. But it was like, you would think that it would make it all the way across, but it doesn't seem like it did. I feel like this high concept of being in the video game was not something that could be executed with the technology at the time. It, it was very, very ambitious. Like they, they yes. were using everything in their, in their uh, quiver, in their technological quiver to make this game work. So, and, so was Nickelodeon green arrow? Is that, or Hawkeye? Yeah. Either one. Yeah. But they were using everything that they, that it seemed like they were using everything that they could uh, to to make sh- to make this show work, you know, the first two they they created their own custom video games for some of the parts. They created their own custom video game character in Mikey, and they created this like world that you would go into. And as a as like a little kid watching this show, I was I was mesmerized. I thought, how cool is it that these kids are going into a video game? It was frustrating sometimes yeah. watching them because for like, me it was more frustrating because it was like you are terrible at this. Well, yeah, it's like it's right there grab it or how do you not like how do you not duck out of the way and the technology actually was pretty crazy that it was able to 
like, I wonder actually how they did that. Like, it was able to read, like, okay, they're in the hitbox of this, of this enemy, so I'm going to take away, a, a, like, a life point. Like, I wonder if that was something that was automated or if someone was like, nope, they got hit, take a point off. Like, I, I don't know, because, because sometimes it seems like they were able to duck out of the way, but they still lost a life point. I think there was somebody sitting there watching the video... And, and then making like, that de- and making that decision. Yeah. So if so, that- it almost seems because sometimes they would duck under something and they would get and it, it taken away. And then other times they would definitely get hit, but not get it taken away. I think also in the earlier episodes they're much more stringent about the hit, the sort of hit box, if you will. Yeah. But in the later episodes, it kind of gave them a little more leeway because they're like nobody's ever going to complete these damn. Yeah, games. and that's the thing is it like we were talking about this with Double Dare that if you have a if you have a final round that nobody can win. Or I that, mean, this like, isn't this isn't Ninja Warrior. Yeah, if you have a you final know? round that nobody can win, like nobody's going to want to be on your show. They had the same thing. Like if you beat one round, each round that you won, you would get a prize. It wasn't like it wasn't like Double Dare where every obstacle that you completed you would get a prize. There was only three rounds. There was the first right. level, the second level, and then the final level for the for the like when you go into the video game. So you've got you've got like people winning prizes. You've got kids winning prizes like an encyclopedia set. And a like point and shoot camera, and then the third one is like the same thing with Double Dare. It's like going to space camp or going to going go to, to this resort in Orlando where you can yeah. stay for a week there and whatever, or go to Palm Springs. Or... Yeah, it's it's something like that. They 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 sort of recycled the same prizes because they had probably well they probably bought them in bulk. It's yeah. I mean you know so you it was it, it was frustrating as an adult looking back on this show. Just because that, like, I was. It's frustrating watching kids be bad at video games, and it's frustrating. Right. It's frustrating watching people be bad, whether it's their fault or not, at that final. Right. Bonus so round. the video game part is frustrating because it's like they're terrible at an easy video game. Yeah. And then also it's frustrating because you're watching and you're like, this is not how this game was meant to be played. Yeah. You know, it would be like. Uh, two teams play soccer, and then the team who runs the the most mileage wins. Yeah, have you like ever, you know what I mean? It wouldn't make it doesn't it doesn't make sense. Have you ever seen? You know, there's a there's a video that I saw where it was a soccer. It was a small soccer team. Like they were playing an indoor soccer game, and I don't know if they had a drone or if they just had like a camera suspended. But they had a they had a camera. A lot of times it'll be a camera on a wire. So they had a camera yeah. suspended from like a hundred feet up, hundred fifty feet up, and they were all wearing VR goggles. And they were playing the game on a top-down view. So you see them all, like, trying to figure out where they are, you know, because they're just looking at a top-down view. Yeah, I've seen it before. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So it's something like that. Like, I, I feel like that was the same struggle with the people at the end of the game. They were right. trying to figure out, like, where am I in the context well, of like, what's so that's, going on. Well, like, so that's kind of what I was going to get at. Is a, it's like, you have multiple struggles here. One is when they're actually playing the game, like the actual video games. Yeah. They're terrible at it. And then on top of that, they're they're being given arbitrary things that they have to accomplish that don't make sense within the realm of that game, number one. Yeah. And number two. And then number three is then when they go to be in the game, when they go to actually participate at the end, uh, it, the execution is weird because, you know, you're trying to do everything like third person. It's like, uh, you know, trying to tie your shoelaces in the mirror. You ever yeah. try to do that? Like look in a mirror and tie your, uh, tie your shoelaces? Yeah. You know? Or try and like, yeah, try and like scratch. Yeah, it's doing anything in a mirror. You're like 
I mean, to... for me, a good example is like tying a tie. Like I can tie a tie like without a, without a mirror all day. Mm-hmm. I can just close my eyes, boom, 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 done. I don't even need to measure it, nothing. But then if I go to do it in the mirror, I get all backwards. Same thing with tying a bow tie. If you've ever tried to tie a bow tie yeah. from scratch. Oh yeah, for your wedding, right? Yeah. You had a real bow tie, right? Yeah. Yep. So yeah, it's a it's a similar idea. I, what do you think this would work today? So, Eleanor, by the way, was bored. She could not care. That's the thing is this show's kind of boring. And that's why it didn't last very long. I and what's crazy to me is it said it says it lasted two seasons, but the show was only on for one year for like eleven months. They they were able to pump out eighty four episodes. That's crazy to me. Well, and they did have a couple of guest episodes where they had the cast from Clarissa Explains It All, and then Salute Your Shorts and Welcome Freshman, and they appeared on three different uh, celebrity episodes. Yeah, and, good old good old cross yeah. promotion. But what? So I don't. Here's the thing. I think the the bonus, the final oh, stage... sorry. Side note, Joey Fatone was in an episode. Ooh, Joey... And he, and he used his real name of Joseph. Joseph Fat One. Uh, <laughs> so, I think that the... Sh- like, I think parts of the show could work. And I don't know how to actually resolve the other part. Like, so the... The, the first two rounds, I think, could work. They would just have to rejigger it a little bit. I think they could get better games. They could get independent people, independent game makers to, like, make games for them instead of just making, like, BS, like, knockoff games of, of certain, like, established... You're talking games. about for the for the final game? No, no, no. I'm talking about for the... I'm talking about for, like, the, the face-off. In the beginning. In the beginning. Okay. In the beginning of each round. And, like, they could update some of the, some of the challenges that you run into along the board. Obviously they can update the, uh, the, the questions. They can update some of the video challenges. The thing that I don't know how they're going to do is when they go to play the video games, when they do the actual like video game challenge. Oh no, that's easy. I was, that was the one I was saying would be the easiest one to do. See, but I'm thinking of games now because, right. because like I was talking about the, the, the games now aren't focused on points. So how do you... uh, well they are though, depending on the game. So here's the thing: is you could have them play, say, a game of Mario Kart, where they have to do one round through a track. That's a two minute segment. They could accomplish. Yes, that's longer than thirty seconds. But you could have them do that as the head to head. Then when you go to actually play the video games, uh, it could be them versus an AI. Play say in a first-person shooter, or it could be in say uh, like See, go- so. Here's an example: you go play God of War or Devil May Cry or Bayonetta, one of those games, and uh, they have the freeform platforms where it's like it's uh, that is all about point accumulation, and so it's like how those, ba- how best can of, you accomplish those sections? Those or? type of games are they going to be kid friendly? Like I know that I mean this is this is me. Being, Some of them are. This is going to be me being a curmudgeon, but like a lot of those games that are that are open world, freeform that you can just wear, win points. They're like those sandbox games are not always the I mean kids are playing them anyway but they're not always like good family friendly TV right you know well, I'm saying like you could it would depend upon the the audience that's what but I mean, you could like, have I mean Smash Brothers right so you could be you versus three AI and so the longest the the longer you last without dying or the see, more deaths that you could cause that's or why whatever. that's where I don't know how it would work honestly because you can't have them like that was the thing. So in in Starcade, maybe have them play Gran Turismo, and uh, you have to get first place. So so in Starcade, the thing that the thing that was pr- not problematic is not the right word. Like problematic as from a 
from a execution from like a production standpoint right. and just from a viewer standpoint is when the show started i think they were given something like 2 minutes or some 90 seconds 90 seconds or something to accumulate a score and then they realized holy shit like the producers realized holy shit we're just having people watch someone play a video game for 90 seconds like that's boring tv ah and then not they, anymore we're in a new world now Think about it. We've got competitive gaming and we have Twitch. That's okay. So that would work if they, so ah, that would, no, hold on. I got you, bitch. No, you didn't because <laughs> that only works. That only works if they're crazy good at the game. If they're doing stuff that's going to keep people. No, no there's people, there's plenty of Twitch channels where people are terrible at the game. And they have like three viewers. So no, no. Some of them are pretty popular in where that they're, where they're not very good at the game. Yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of them, and they're and they're not independently famous themselves right. from like a YouTube channel or from something else. Yeah. Well, like they became famous because they're terrible at it, and they make fun of themselves as they play it. And they're not but just see, in this they're not case, just girls that have their tits hanging out. No, no, that's another show. <laughs> uh, no, uh, like the way that you could do it is if they're doing something like that, you would have the host narrate. See, I I just don't know. So you would get somebody who actually works in that industry. But then, like, what, like what that's games? the thing. It's like you really have to gear it more for today's audience. And today's audience, they pay people money on Twitch to watch them play video games. And here's the other thing: what if we had, uh, instead of them just playing against a game as a single player, they actually had a house, a a uh, sort of panel of house experts. So you had a panel of uh, 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 that you had a guy that was good at fighting games. You had another one that was good at shooters. It turns into like and beat another the geeks, but it's like kind of. But and then another one that was good at racing games and and different whatever. And so you would have them do a. They'd be like, okay, you get to challenge this guy see if that's and the, see how well you can do against this guy. If that's the case, then they don't need the other part of the game. If that's the case, they don't need the board and the and the quizzes and any no, of no. Other I'm stuff. saying eliminate the board and the quizzes. Okay, I, you, okay. we completely rework it. This is Sean so and then Chris it, reimagining. So Nick then it, it, it does turn back into more like Starcade, where there's like there's a toss up question to decide who goes first. That's video game related, and then they just go to playing playing games. Well. It, Maybe, but you could still have a board, but you would maybe just do it differently. I don't know. Like, I feel like the one thing would take up too much time. Like the video game part of it would take up too much time for the show. If it's a half hour long show, like 22 minutes with commercials, I feel like playing the video games would take up the vast majority of that time. I mean, think about it. It's only like 15 minutes of, of actual play time. You have to split that between two teams and two people on each team. Yeah. It would have to be basically the whole show is just them playing against other people, which I guess is something that they could do. Well, I would just wonder how well, they maybe would do the point one, thing. Maybe the way that they would do it is, is you would have the toss up and then they would comp compete, answering questions and doing video challenges. And then the, uh, the the game would then come down to a second round, and the, that would just be the first round. The second round would be them playing for 10 minutes, the two of them versus each other, and then this third person. And then whoever does the best against their resident expert gets double the points for that round. And then they get the winner from there will then go on to the third round, which we could do with VR. It might, I mean, it, next VR yeah. is doing some crazy stuff with sports and live events. And so and there's all kinds of games out there for these. these. Yeah. The, the third round is definitely something that, that they could do now. They could use, like you were saying, VR or they could, they could play like an AR game. Like people are already doing yeah. those. And it would make it so much better if they were wearing some kind of goggles or they had like a Google Glass or something right. where they'd actually be able to see what's going on around them. 
Well, and they could even incorporate, say, like, again, I'll use NextVR because I know people who, who work there. Maybe use them as, like, a sponsor for the show. Yep. So they would have a NextVR setup, uh, both next to the guys playing the games, as well as next to the contestants and in the audience. And the people at home could feel like they're part of the audience. They could feel like they're up there. They They would be able to have a sense of participation without actually being on the show. And you can actually have someone be the bad guy too. You could actually have people that are that are in the VR thing playing the bad guy. So it's not Maybe just Maybe have the panel of experts play the bad guy. Yeah, I mean but you couldn't make it too hard. So it was, you know, if if there's still like the same level of 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 like age range, but whatever, you could actually have them participate against actual other people without all the you know, horrific stuff that normally happens in multiplayer games. <laughs> At least uh, through the chat. All the uh, the the squat stand-ups. Yeah, or or the <laughs> the uh, the creative uh, sprays. Yeah, like yeah. So yeah, uh, I think it could work. I just think it would. It need would a, need a lot of retooling. Yeah, because because it's twenty five years later, twenty seven years later, and the video game industry has changed so much. There's not really. I mean, the average pl- age of a player is now over thirty. Yeah, and that's there, I mean, there so are, so even the so even the people consuming this show might not even be kids anymore. It could literally just be a show for adults. You could put it on at prime time. Yeah, they're having video game uh, competitions playing on prime time now. Yeah, the esports, the esports right. is getting bigger and bigger, and you could have like an international game where you play against the South Koreans or the Chinese, right. Japanese, or something. Then you could make it where you could make it brutally hard. Yeah, because now you could have legit teams competing. Yeah, when they're when they're not playing like League of, they wouldn't be playing like League of Legends or StarCraft. Or right. Something. So maybe maybe you do it in that sense. So instead of it being like rando people playing, you have actual teams competing for money and chance uh, a chance to challenge the world champions of these like particular whatever. So you'd have. You'd have guys who are up and comers, say in in uh, fighters and uh, in uh, fighting games, and then they're trying to challenge to get a chance to play. Did you ever whatever. play? I want to. So I mean, there there's a, there's a lot of options here. Did I really ever, think it could work. I think it could it could probably work too. Did you ever play? I want to say this was at like a Dave and Buster's. There was a Street Fighter game, or maybe it was a Tekken game, where you stood in like a like a. It wasn't VR, but you stood in like a circle. With like sensors, and if you punched, your character would punch. Was that you, a Virtual Fighter game? It might have been Virtual Fighter. I, it might have been it's like Virtual te- Fighter like six or something. Yeah, I mean, it was either Virtual Fighter or yeah. Tekken or something, where like you were the controller and or you were the joystick, and you would punch and kick and jump and 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 block. You could get and, into a lot of problems if it's Tekken and you're playing Eddie, oh, <laughs> unless unless yeah. you can do Capoeira. Yeah. I mean. Well, yeah, it it could work, but as far as the actual show goes. I don't see a lot of value in the actual show. I feel no. like I feel like it was on for such a short time. If you want nostalgia, this is like prime nostalgia because like you've got clips of MTV music videos. Yeah. You've got prizes like like a, like a Casio point and shoot. Yeah, and and more Reebok shoes and like I mean the Encyclopedia Britannica, yeah. the whole set. And then the games themselves are like a big flashback. Yeah, but I but mean, overall, I don't. If you if you remember this show, just remember it. It's I don't think it's. If you don't remember it, though, maybe go back and check it out. But ah, you know, it's it's a it's a maybe better off with a remake. Yeah, it's a point. it's a product of its time, based on the games 
and the the pop culture and just the technology and the technology is the most frustrating part it's like they're not yes. just playing games they're playing like weird games they're they're and it's kids like i said watching kids not be that good at a video game is not fun to do so the episode that i put in where they win the team that wins is the is also the one where the kids like i want to be an engineer and that kid you could tell like this kid plays a lot of video games because he was pretty good at the games that he played. And that was the other thing is at the time in like the early 90s, like a Super Nintendo, a Nintendo, a Sega Genesis, they were not cheap. They're no, like so I mean, this was, it was only something for like middle and upper middle class kids. Yeah, so they might you know? like, you know, you don't know how much, how much. Uh, and, and that was back during the console wars days where, you know, you had a console. Like I was a Nintendo house and my neighbor was a Sega house. Yeah, I had if, Sega once I got into the early 90s. Yeah, and I if was, you wanted to play a Sega game, you better know if you're a Nintendo household, if you want to play a Sega game, you got to know someone who has a Sega game. That means you're going to play it every once in a while, not like you right. play your Nintendo at home. So yeah. That's, I mean, I think that's part of the reason why some of the kids sucked really bad at the games, because maybe that's the first time they ever played it. Well, and a bunch of them were arcade games, too. So, I mean, you got to think about a kid having the money to go blow money at the arcade, too. Yeah. Ultimate, so, ultimately, I don't, I, don't, I don't really see a value in going back and rewatching this if you... I think it's good for nostalgia and nostalgia, and that's about it. There's yeah. not really good to, to go back and watch. You can watch clips on YouTube. That's there's, enough. There's no need to, like, try and find the If show. you want to watch a episode, watch... The one that I posted so you can see what it looks like when somebody wins. Watch the behind the scenes because it's two minutes and interesting. And I put a super cut in there that shows all the challenges. Mm -hmm. So you can see what all the challenges were. And you could just like fast forward. I That's what I did. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Played Sean and I each speed. watched several episodes yeah. of this, which I think is several too many. Yeah. I ended up watching the Starcade about as much as I watched this show. So Oh, really? Yeah. It was what I, I yeah. just kept finding more episodes. But uh, if you want to talk about this episode, if you want to talk about how you think that they could remake this game. Yeah, we want to hear your ideas. So yeah. th this is, um, Sean and I are kind of looking to maybe uh, try and get you guys more involved. So if you disagree with us, we definitely want to know. And if you've got ideas for what you think would work well, like yeah, we want to talk about it because this is what we do. How do you think Nick Arcade would work today in 2018? Sean and I talk about this stuff honestly when we're not doing this show. Yeah. All the time. We text back and forth about it. We were talking about it at dinner earlier. Like, this is like a normal thing. So come join us in this conversation. It's fun for us. Yeah. You so know? If, you, if you've got ideas, if you've got suggestions, if you've got just general critiques, uh, check out our website, childhoodremastered.com. It has links to all of our social media. We're on Facebook at Childhood Remastered, on Twitter at RemasteredCast, and on, on Instagram at Childhood Remastered. Let us know what you think. Uh, let us know what... What you think that uh, Nickelodeon or any any network could do if they wanted to bring a similar show? It's not a unique concept. There were other shows that were like it, like Power Hour. I think was one of them. There was, or or Video Power. That's what it was called. There, I mean, there was other there was other game shows that were sort of in a similar vein, but we don't see them really anymore. And I think that it might be a it might be a perfect thing for like YouTube Red or or Hulu or Amazon or someone to Netflix to make a game show like that. I I don't know it. It, it could work. There's a lot more options yeah. now than there were 27 years ago. That's true. So let us know what you think. Like I said, childhoodremastered.com. You can leave us a voicemail if you want to. There's a phone number on there. You can uh, email us, childhoodremastered at gmail.com. Yeah. Just let us know. Uh, you want to make sure that we thank John Howarth for the use of our intro music. The song is called Nascent. There's a link to his SoundCloud on our uh, website as well. 
If there are other shows that you think we'd be a good match for, go ahead and put us in contact with them because, or as you, you know, we... we've done collaborations with several other shows and uh, we always have a good time. At, you know, we, we did stuff with like Blake and Spencer Get Jump. Those guys are really great. And um, Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom because those guys are awesome too. And, you know, Geeks Say What guys. And so there's there's people that we've, uh, you know, corresponded with that we've had a lot of fun with. And, and if you think there's somebody out there that we might have a good time with, let us or know. Or if you're someone out there that thinks... Yeah, yeah. I mean, Hey, you know, Sean and I listen to shows all the time, but I think that'll do it this week. Yeah, so uh, Nick Arcade, I say no, don't go back and rewatch it. I say nostalgia purposes only, uh, but you don't need to go back and watch it. Yeah, the audience for this show today would be a lot older than I think it was in 1992. Yeah, it would be more teenage to 20s and 30s. So I don't know. Don't I, I don't think you should go back and watch it, but. If you disagree, let us know. And uh, that, like Chris said, that'll do it for this episode. So until next time, this is Sean. And Chris. And this has been your Childhood Remastered. We will see you next time. 